with me. You may be seated. Anybody else feel the Lord in this place? Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your grace to us today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 21. 1 Kings chapter 21. so often this happens to me and so I'm going to before I read the scripture I'm just going to to share with you this is very important that today is going to be one of those PG-13 messages I just tell you straight up everybody know what PG-13 is I'm sure most of you do. So if you haven't taken advantage of our kids' church that we offer, now might be a good time to do that. That's my disclaimer. I know sometimes our kids sit with us, and that's fine. But if you would like for them to be in kids' church, good time for it. First Kings 21. <clears throat> and it came to pass after these things, verse 1, that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake, spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or, if it seems good to you or to thee, I will give you the worth of it in money. Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Would you stretch your hand this direction? Pray God's blessing and anointing over his messenger and over his message today. Father, we bless you today. Thank you for the word of God that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we need your touch today. I need your touch. We celebrate our grads, we celebrate our dads today, but I am under constraint of the Spirit of God for this that you have laid upon my heart. Lord, may it go forth, may it be heard, may it be received, not only from those in this room, but those that are watching online right now, those that may very well watch later this afternoon or later this week. God, your word does not return void. I need your spirit right now. I need you to touch me, anoint me, and equip me. 
For these things, I give you thanks and I give you praise. In Christ's name. And the church said... Not for sale. Inheritance has a ring to it. That's a word we like. When we think of inheritance, <clears throat> we think of money, stocks, or bonds. We think of a trust, maybe, that ever so often pays a stipend into our coffers. Maybe it's a home that someone has left to us, or property that we can develop or sell for its proceeds. And I tell you today that on the day that we honor our grads and our dads, that our greatest earthly inheritance and our greatest legacy is our children. Your greatest inheritance is your children. Psalms 127 and 3 tells us that children are a heritage from the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. You did not earn your kids. They are a gift. You inherited them from God. The message states that verse like this. Don't you see that children are God's best gifts and that the fruit of the womb is his generous legacy are you catching that your most precious treasure your most prized possession the greatest gift you could ever have your inheritance is your kids maybe today this is nostalgic for me because I felt like I could take on a heavyweight champion that day. My son was born a bit over 22 years ago. And now within a few months, he'll be graduating college. Maybe this message is heavy upon me today because the prophetic plan of God seems to be not just unfolding, but unfolding rapidly. And now is not the time to let our guard down where our families are concerned. We need more vigilance. We need more diligence than we have ever had. When you look at the signs of the times that are around us, radical, ever-changing weather patterns that scientists want to attribute to simply global warming without giving any regard to God's plan. And yet the reality is it's all part of the prophetic signs that are spelled out in Scripture. The fragile relationships found between countries is quite profound. Tensions are truly high, especially where the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, are concerned. There are many other signs to consider. It's like the old song that we sang years ago that came to my spirit 
It went, it went like this, signs of the times are everywhere. And there's a brand new feeling in the air. Keep your eyes upon the eastern sky. Lift up your head, for your redemption is about to draw nigh. But I don't know of any sign greater than the rampant and out-of-control sin that is plaguing our world and our nation. Anything goes today. And iniquity is bound, abounding. And lukewarm people are heaping to themselves teachers, having itching ears, wanting someone to scratch their ears by telling them what they want to hear instead of the truth that will set them free. And let me tell you, friend, our inheritance is being targeted. Our inheritance is at risk. I'm not talking about someone squatting on your property or hacking your assets or stealing your identity. I am talking about the enemy and his minions and his hellish agenda are targeting your children and mine. And God is wanting you to fight for your inheritance in 2021. And God is wanting you to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil and let the enemy of your soul and the enemy of your children's soul, let him know that your family is not for sale. Envision with me for a moment. You live in the perfect home. The carpet is plush. The highest of quality. The hardwood floors are perfect in their finish. Not a scratch to be found. The decor is outstanding, second to none. The landscaping of your home has been yard of the year, noted by your homeowners association for multiple years. Not one flaw can be found. No dirt, no dust, no marks. Breathtaking. There's no need for a paint job inside or outside. People have called you offering to buy your home. A man walking his dog sees you out in the yard working. And he walks up to you and offers you five times what your home is worth. The city has even reached out to you. And they want to buy your home and kind of turn it into a, quote, Biltmore type house for people to tour because it's such a, a wonderful place. You never have any privacy because people are always gawking over your home. They're pulling up out in front of your home and just sitting there in admiration. Even celebrities have, have reached out to you and contacted you about uh, coveting your house and wanting to purchase your house. Finally, one day, you get so aggravated that you do something no one has ever done. You go down to Century 21 or Long and Foster and you ask them for a sign. The agent begins to light up because they know who you are and they're excited that they're going to be able to list the perfect house. What a commission they think until you look at them and they, before they say anything, you say this, these words, I need a special sign that says not for sale. Now you may think I've bumped my head today, but listen to your pastor. 
The scripture tells us in Psalms 127 and 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. In the New Testament, the apostle Peter wrote and said that you and I build up a spiritual house. The implication is there. Every one of us build up a spiritual house. Dad, on Father's Day, you are building up a spiritual house. Back to this imaginary perfect house if you will for a moment if it's not for sale then there's no need for a walkthrough to find discrepancies if it's not for sale there's no need for termite inspections because the foundation is perfect if it's not for sale, there's no need for another coat of paint because the outside of this house is protected from the rain and the heat and the severe weather. I'm telling you, this house smells cleaner, looks cleaner, stands tall. There's no junk piled in front of this spiritual house. Can I tell you, men of God, God is looking for some spiritual houses today. He's not looking for perfect people, but he is looking for people that are strong in their faith in God. He's looking for people, uh, men of God, women of God, that don't need a termite inspection because your foundation is Jesus Christ on Christ's solid rock. I do stand. He's looking for moms and dads that have no junk at the curb in front of your testimony. He's looking for moms and dads where the trash has been picked up from your spiritual house. He's looking for moms and dads where your spiritual house smells cleaner. And I'm telling you, in a diluted culture, and a corrupt culture, he's looking for moms and dads that are building up a spiritual house that stands tall above the rest because of your integrity and because of your testimony. But most of all, God is looking for some spiritual moms and dads that have a sign in the front yard of your spiritual house, that have a sign over the doorpost of the souls of yourselves and your children in big, bold letters that says, I and my family are not for sale. My children are not for sale. We have planted. We've squared our shoulders and it doesn't matter what comes our way. We're holding on to the unchanging hand of the master and living by the principles of the word of God. We will not acquiesce. We will not capitulate. We will not back up. Our family is not for sale no matter how high the bid is. To the narrative this morning, Naboth had a vineyard. This, this vineyard was next to the king's palace, hard next to the king's palace. But Naboth had a, a sign in front of his yard. I just imagine with my imagination that said not for sale. It didn't matter who the king was. It didn't matter who the political party in charge was. Come on, somebody going to have to help me preach this morning. It didn't matter the pressure to conform or to relent. His inheritance was not for sale. His, his refusal had principles. Now, this is important. His, his refusal was not based upon an inconvenience for him. His refusal was not uh, based upon being at odds with the king and his family. His refusal was based upon the word of God. Let me, let me tell you, now you got to get this. Leviticus chapter 
uh, 25 and verse 23. It was a command. Listen to what the command said. The land shall not be sold forever. It shall not be sold forever. Naboth, I gave your family that land. Naboth, you are now possessing that land. And I gave you a command way back in Leviticus that that land is not to be sold forever. It was a command that came from the laws of Almighty God. Not only that, but he couldn't even, he couldn't even sell it to another tribe. He couldn't even, they couldn't even exchange land. Among, there were 12 tribes in Israel, and they could not even exchange a land or barter land or sell land to a neighboring tribe or a family from a neighboring tribe. You find that in Numbers chapter 36 and verse 9. It says, neither shall the inheritance remove from one tribe to another. He couldn't even transact his land out of his tribe into another Jewish tribe's uh, family. Couldn't even do that. So he couldn't, he couldn't sell it. He couldn't transact it to another tribe. And then finally, uh, the scripture tells us that the inheritance could not even be taken for by a prince. God passed down the laws that people in authority, uh, the king, the princes of the land, according to Ezekiel 46, 18, listen to what it says, moreover the prince shall not take of the people's inheritance by oppression. The king, he, he could claim all the royalty he wanted, all the authority he wanted, but he could not have the land by force. He couldn't buy it. He, and I'm telling you, he, he had no right to even ask for it or to even offer buy it to buy it. And, and so here's Naboth's mindset. The king comes to him. I imagine it would cause you to tremble. It would have caused me to tremble. The king wants to buy it uh, or trade it for maybe even a better vineyard or buy it for a, a, a ludicrous amount of money. But Nabal had something that was much more principled inside of him, and it wasn't making money. It was the word of God. It was the word of God. And so his mind says was, God forbids it, so I will not give it. God forbids it, so I will not sell it. God forbids it, so I will not barter it. The king, the president, the governor is not higher than God's word. Last time I checked in the New Testament... The authorities shut the disciples down and said, we don't want you to preach anymore. We don't want you to pray anymore in his name. They thought they were shutting them down. You know what the response was they got back? Well, guess what? Here's the truth. We have to obey God rather than man. We'll obey the authorities until they come into violation with the word of the living God. And then we will relent if we have to. We will not do anything that supersedes the word of God. Didn't matter who the king was. Didn't matter who was in charge. It was not, in Nabal's mind, higher than the commands of God. I'm going to say this again. Our inheritance is our children. And if it costs me my life, I will not sell them. The devil incarnate 
may be my next door neighbor. As apparently he was for Naboth. And I may have to look at him, and I may have to smell him, and I may have to hear his rants. But my house, my inheritance, my children are not for sale. Dads, you can work all day. You can put them in the best clothes and the, the highest dollar shoes. You can give them the latest electronic devices. And you can offer their souls for sale simply by your absence. Like never before. There is an urgency in this preacher's soul. And like never before, you better be praying over your kids. You better be quoting scripture over your kids. You better be sending them out the door, letting the devil, the Ahabs of this world, know that they are not for sale. Don't concern yourself near as much with their image as you do battle for their soul. I don't know when I felt such a constraining. It's been a while, but I feel it this morning. This culture is corrupt as ever. As ever. We are being asked as Christians. I'm going to point right in the camera. We're asked to go along to get along. And I will go along to get along until it compromises the Word of God. You better protect them spiritually. You better protect them physically. You better protect them mentally and emotionally. I'm past worried about negative press. If you have friends that are parents or guardians in this county, feel free to share this message with them this afternoon. I'm past worrying about negative press. And see, here's what I'm afraid of. And I know most all of you have heard the analogy. If you take a, a pan and fill it with water and you turn the heat all the way up until it starts boiling and you take a frog and throw him in that pan, in that pot, as soon as he hits that water, he's out. But you take that same pot you fill it with water at room temperature. You put the frog in it. The frog will swim around. And you can gradually and slowly turn up the heat. And the frog won't even realize you're killing it until it's too late. 
we're being asked concerning our kids, the ones we went to the throes of death to bring into this world. Moms in this room labored for hours at a time. Dads in this room stood by hoping that mom wouldn't cuss them out for hours at a time. Dad, you labor, you work 8 and 10 and 12 hours a day to make sure a roof is put over their heads, that food is put on their table, that shoes is on their feet, and you release them five days a week to hopefully a safe environment where they can get an education so they can be successful. And yet we're being asked to jump into the pot with the room temperature water and just swim around and let things be as they are. I will not do it. I will not sit by silently. I don't know why that the Lord tapped me for this assignment. Except I keep crying out in my prayer time for those children that are right over there in that kid's church. Those little infants and those little toddlers and those kids that Lindell and Hilda pour into week in and week out. They teach them the word of God and they keep coming to my mind. Their faces keep coming to me. I'm telling you, I will not back up. As long as they're unsafe, we need to continue sounding the clarion call until they become safe. All right, I'm going to tell you again. This is where we get into the PG-13 part. There are policies that are about to be decided on in our county. I can't help what's happening across in a neighboring county. I can't help what's happening in Floyd or Grayson or Giles or with Montgomery. I can't help what's happening there. I live in Pulaski County. There are policies about to be decided in our county concerning transgender students. But you make no mistake about it, it affects all students in public schools. When you leave today, you will receive information that you must, whether you have a child, your children are grown, maybe your grandchildren live out of town, I'm asking you to take the time to read, but I'm going to highlight some very important things this morning. Number one, dads and moms, you need to protect your children's bodies. I'm still preaching. It's still the Bible. You need to know that beginning in the new school year in August, that students that identify as transgender will be able to use the restroom and locker room that corresponds with their chosen identity rather than their identity at birth. This is huge. 
This means a boy that identifies as a girl will now have access to the girl's restroom if they choose and cannot be turned away or even questioned by faculty due to privacy laws. The Virginia Department of Education, the local school board, is not only allowing this, but promoting this. Furthermore, I'm telling you, this is, this is where it gets, to me, this, this is even more serious. There is a classification that is now part of the LGBTQ community, and it's called non-binary. Non-binary means they have no sexual preference. They identify as we, or they, or them. And the policies that are coming down make no provision for accountability where non-binary students are concerned. Therefore, giving them flexibility to choose as they desire where they want to go. This opens doors for major problems. Major problems amongst the students. Major problems. Major issues. I was a teenage boy one time. Hello. I know how their mind operates. Bless God, they need to be sanctified. Every one of the men in this room knows what it's like to be a teenage boy. It's going to create problems among students. Problems that none of us want. But there's a greater problem. We are rolling out the carpet for predators in our public schools. So you, you listen to your pastor. We're talking about protecting their bodies now. I'm going to make a strong suggestion. And that strong suggestion, mom and dad of that elementary, middle, or high school student, my strong recommendation to you is that your child or young person ask for a private restroom and a private locker room every time they need the facilities. If my child was in public schools, they would no longer use a gang restroom if I had anything to do with it. And here's the deal. They cannot be denied a private restroom or a private locker room. It's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk for your daughter to be the victim of a peeping Tom, or to be fondled, or worse. She is much too precious and valuable to give free access for her to be videoed or pictures taken of her from a cell phone and sent out on social media while she's in a vulnerable position in the restroom. Somebody needs to help me here. It's not worth the risk. 
Ah, it won't happen to my child. And that's why they're pointing at us, pointing at me, saying that you're creating hate, fear, ignorance. That's why the word gone out all the way to Richmond is that the clergy need to be marginalized in Pulaski County because they're detractors from what we're trying to do. Fact. <laughs> See, I think, they're, I think they're indulging us until we quietly go away. I don't sound quiet today, do I? It is my belief that in the five elementary schools and the one middle school and the one high school, if enough students ask for private restrooms, then we'll get the structural changes and the privatizing of restrooms on the campuses that we're looking for. Make sure your children's bodies are protected. You must also protect their minds. Equally as dangerous is allowing their minds to be left unguarded. I'm going to tell you straight up, and this is Pride Month, and it don't really matter to me, but there is an ungodly initiative to indoctrinate our children with transgenderism. The LGBTQ is pulling out the stops. They're using media. They're using television. And they're using liberal-minded educators to indoctrinate your children especially in their most impressionable times. Oh, yes, this can happen through required curriculum. And yes, we've been told that you're able to opt your children out of that. Make sure that you do. Make sure, don't allow the school, mom and dad, to teach your kids about their sexuality. That's your job. Come on, somebody ought to give the Lord praise. This is truth. But it's not just about required curriculum. But also, you have to be careful of indoctrination that can happen through fun time reading that you don't even know about. Your kindergartner, your first grader, your second grader comes off the playground. They're resting. They got their, their cup in their hand. And they're sitting there resting before they go into the next subject. Somebody reads to them that you don't have to stay a boy if you want to be a girl. All the books are out. The curriculum's out. The fun time reading is out. They, they could be indoctrinated without your knowledge. So, Pastor, what do you suggest? I suggest you go to orientation. I suggest that you not skip orientation. And I suggest that when you get to orientation, you scrutinize with courtesy the book list of your children's teachers. <laughs> and anyone that is a Christian that is an educator in the public school system would have no problem with this question. But every parent, you need to be direct. You need to ask tough questions like this. 
you're not going to be reading transgender-friendly material to the class, are you? Oh, but you don't know how nice they are. I'm not talking about how nice they are. One seed of doubt. One seed of doubt. Planted in their impressionable minds can alter their future dramatically. Don't you wait until little Johnny comes home and says, Hey, Mom and Dad, today I learned in fun time reading that I'm a boy, but if I want to be a girl, I can be. And then all of a sudden you want to exercise your Second Amendment rights. So a lot of times how we function, we function reactively instead of proactively. Know what they're exposed to. That is unnatural, improper, and not of God. There's, there's not a dad in this room, probably listened to me by, by Facebook or YouTube right now, that wouldn't jump in front of a bullet or an oncoming train to save your child or young person. And we cannot afford to leave their bodies and souls and minds unprotected. We need to send a loud and clear signal to ungodly or indifferent leaders and administrators and ultimately to the enemy of our souls that we will fight for our families and our children are not for sale. Get the mud off the sign. Clear the debris from around the sign. And make sure your godly voice is heard. God, forgive the church. Forgive the church. I told you just a few weeks ago when God called the early church, he called them to preach in the temple, but he also called them to preach in the city, and he also called them to preach to all people. God, help us to take it outside the four walls of this air-conditioned room and stand for righteousness like we never have before, even if it costs us some friends, even if it costs us some neighbors, even if people whisper behind our back, even if we get a threat of a pride parade out in front of our church, the bottom line, is righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Lord, help me. Nehemiah 4.14 Nehemiah said to the people, be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Such a challenge. I've told you all before, but my wife says, man, when it comes to Father's Day, you're kind of rough on the dads. You're always sweet and nice to the mothers, and I really superseded that because I didn't even preach this past time. I let Christy love all over them, and she did great. 
One thing I know about men of God, they got the spirit of David inside of them. And when they see a, a giant facing their family, they ask the question, even in ridicule, is there not a cause? I'm telling you, there is a cause today. There is a cause today. Don't you, don't you just go along to get along. We may not be able to correct what's happening in D.C. and what's happening in Richmond. We may not even be able to correct what's happening in the Pulaski Middle School once a month. But I'm telling you what, we do have some influence, and it's in our homes. And we don't have to leave our children vulnerable and unprotected in their bodies or in their minds. Anybody in the house? Not for sale. Not for sale. Can I just be a little transparent with you? My son continues to have some setbacks with this artery situation he's got going on. He now has a, a blood clot around the stent where they put in week before last. But we're still going through the process. You know, sometimes you just have to take authority. Sometimes when you feel like your family is being attacked, sometimes you need to cancel the devil's assignment in the name of Jesus. Last night, right there, my voice got loud. You know, I'm a quiet guy, as you can tell. But my voice got loud, and the Spirit of God was upon me as many faces of children right here in our church family came across my, my vision in my mind's eye, and I yelled, and I shouted at the devil, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I cancel your diabolical schemes against the children of our church and the children of our county. They are protected by the hand of God. You have no right to them by the authority in the word of God and through the power that is in the name of the Lord. interested in being the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. I'm interested in being the one that has the mighty anointing flowing from on high that says we will not sit back and just let this go without any kind of, 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 of retaliation or any kind of concern. We're going to let our voices be heard that our children and our families are not for sale. Stand with me. Every parent, every mom and dad in this room, or every guardian in this room, maybe the parent's not here, maybe you're the primary guardian. But I want every parent, you have a high schooler, 
If a middle schooler have an elementary age, you have a preschooler, they say, well, I ain't got to worry about this for a few years. Let me tell you, you better be concerned about it now. Your kid may be two now. You better be praying over them now. Even if you've got an infant or a toddler, I want every parent in this room. you got a kid under 18. I want you in this altar. Come on, quickly. Quickly, right now. Come on, right now. I'm telling you, there's powers in number. Power in numbers. Come on. Come on. Come on. Move in as close as you can. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. God called. Somebody mentioned this the other day. I think we were talking with, I was talking with Tony and Chris and Tiffany. We were practicing and Chris brought something up that just really, really spoke volumes. And that is God has, God has blessed us with our children. And yes, he has in this generation. At this time, at this time, he wants us to be beacons of light and to transfer that light into our kids. Come in as close as you can because I want to build a I want to build a wall behind you. I need some Holy Spirit filled saints of God to gather in behind them quickly. I need them from wall to wall. I need them from wall to wall. Come on, come on, quickly. Come on. Spirit-filled men and women of God. Maybe your kids are grown. Maybe your grandchildren are not in the area right now. But you know you feel the burden of this shepherd this morning. Scripture says if we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, he will flee from us. That's a promise. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do first. And I'll lead you in it, but I need you to I need you to get those kids in the forefront of your mind right now, those grandkids in the forefront of your mind right now. Get ready to call them by name. But I want us to rebuke the enemy first. I think we need to take authority over the enemy, amen? And then we're going to go from there, and we're going to go into calling our children by name and asking God to build a hedge of protection around them. If you feel comfortable, lift both hands. But I want you to begin to pray with me in your own way. Are you ready? Are you ready, Dad? There is a cause here. Are you ready, Mom? These are your babies here. <laughs> Satan... In the name of Jesus, the name that you're going to bow to, the name you have no authority over, Satan, you are defeated. You are a liar and the father of lies. And we renounce you, we rebuke you, and we cancel your plans against our children. Our sons and our daughters have been inherited to us. They've been gifted to us. And Satan, Lucifer, devil, uh, enemy of our soul, we want you to know they are not for sale. My God, somebody take authority in the name of Jesus right now. Come on, come on. Take authority in the name of Jesus right now. Can't have their mind, devil. You can't have their body, devil. You can't have their thoughts, devil. You can't have their emotions, devil. They are going to be children of the most high God. You are defeated, and we drive you from our family. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, 
on, begin to call their names in prayer. Come on, begin to lift up their names in prayer. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I claim healing over my son today in the name of Jesus. Complete healing, complete work to be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord. I pray over every mom and dad that has nursery and infant and toddler and beginner children. We build a flank around them. We pray for every child that's in the elementary school. Hallelujah. May they get enough of the Word of God inside of them that if anything questionable comes into their hearing, they run home to mom and dad and say, Mom, I heard something today I never heard before, but it didn't sound right to me. God, touch our middle schoolers. They're going through their adolescence. Puberty, there's changes going on inside of them. Emotionally and physically, the temptations are intense and they're great. Would you build a hedge around them, Lord? We call their names out to you. Guard their hearts, Lord. Guard their hearts. Guard their hearts. Hallelujah. Our high schoolers, Lord. The pressure to conform, the pressure to be accepted, the pressure to go along to get along. It's intense. It's more intense than it's ever been. And I pray that you'll raise them up. And in the class of 22 and 23 and 24 and 25, we'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I wish somebody would lift their hands and worship the Lord right now. Hallelujah.